Welcome to another edition of Hallowed Ground. You are here, we are here. I'm Seth, he's Jeff, that's Eric, and today we are talking about fastball. fastball. Yeah, I mean, if you think hear fastball, I think you probably think about The Way. That was their top song. I think it's probably the most memorable for them. Did pretty well on the charts, but you know, that came off their their album, All the Pain Money Can Buy. I, I certainly owned it, but out of my head, also off that album, Fire Escape, which definitely got some play. Uh, you know, they, they got a Grammy nomination for that album, over a million copies, but but that wasn't it for them. Uh, they continued to make music. They're continuing to make music now. Yep. And uh, a couple years back, I think it was 2007, Camille Cabello and Machine Gun Kelly basically stole the chorus of Out of My Head for, I think it was Bad Things. It was like a number four smash hit that they had. I know Tony's, I've seen interviews with him talking about it before, kind of how it helped springboard them back into the limelight for a little bit. They were founded 25 years ago. They do a lot of touring. And unfortunately, during the COVID era, that's just not something they can continue doing, at least until this gets all cleared up. Yeah, there needs to be ways to see bands that are not just on Zoom or, you know, Google Meets or Microsoft Teams, and none of them are sponsoring this podcast. So we will listen to Tony Scalzo tell us all about that. But first, let's check out Fastball. Formed in Austin, Texas in 1995, Fastball quickly gained a devoted local following and caught the attention of an A&R scout from Hollywood Records. The band would hit its stride with its sophomore album, All the Pain Money Can Buy. Their first single, The Way, stayed on top of Billboard's Modern Rock Tracks chart for seven weeks and was a top five hit on Billboard's Top 40 mainstream chart. The album would also see the singles Fire Escape and Out of My Head garner consistent radio play and go on to sell over a million copies and earn a couple of Grammy nominations. Still touring and releasing new music, the band has produced seven studio albums. The Hallowed Ground is pleased to welcome Fastball's founding member, Tony Scalzo. Uh, Tony, so... 25, 26 years ago, when you were a founding member of Fastball, uh, did you ever think that you'd be sitting in a sitting behind a computer having a Zoom conversation with three guys in New Jersey? Uh, I had my first Zoom meeting probably uh, uh, maybe 12 months ago. <laughs> so no, I didn't know there was a Zoom back then, and I didn't know that. Uh, that I'd actually have a laptop that I did anything other than play solitaire on and listen to CDs. I had a, I remember I had a, uh, I think it was a, a Toshiba, a Toshiba personal like nice. laptop computer that about this thick and weighs as much as my personal computer weighs now. And uh, 
I didn't know how to, uh, there's no internet anywhere. You took it to places and there, there'd be a dial up situation possibly. Uh, I don't think it even had it. I had a, I had a laptop before I had a email address. <laughs> but when, when you were starting though, when, when you were starting, did you have this idea of staying power? Was, was, was that some, when did you, when did it dawn on you? You said, you know what, this is going to be something that'll last me a lifetime. This is going to persevere for years and years and years. Um, well, I knew that because of a couple of hit singles that the band had and, uh, you know, I'm familiar with music, 20th century pop music history. Uh, it's pretty easy to see that once you have two or three charting hits on the radio that, you know, people can't get away from, then you're going to have something to work with for, you know, at forever. Um, now, I don't know, um, as you, you mentioned the term staying, staying power and I, I think that's interesting um, because for me, that means the ability to do something, you know, to be able to do what you do, which is I write, I play, I sing, I um, am a musician and the staying power was there, I knew. And um, sure enough, I still play and I play better and I write better and I sing better than I did back then. Um, at the same time, you know, staying power, that sounds like something that, you know, uh, somebody talking about a marketable um, commodity a product that can, or a brand that can, you know, it just sort of snowballs and becomes bigger than, you know, than ever um, as time goes by. And well, that's not the case with us. And that's not the case with a majority of artists who choose music as their, you know, their way of, uh, you know, earning a living. I thought for a long time that the success that Fastball had in the late 90s was um, something that did a certain amount of damage to us in the long term. And I don't want to I don't want to be too harsh by using the word damage, but you know, um, people start thinking you're gone after a certain amount of time because you're not on, you know, you don't have new stuff coming out and you're not being, you know, force down everybody's throats, you know, until the end of time. Um, we just weren't ever gonna be that, I don't think. Um, and to be honest, uh, you know, maybe some of us wanted that, you know, in some way, or maybe we wanted that in some way, um, but didn't know how to attain it, didn't know how to make that, you know, perpetuate and keep going. Um, we, didn't really have a direction and we didn't have a concrete plan as to what to do next. And, you know, there's two guys in this band that write and sing and we're both, you know, really serious about uh, our craft. And um, I think also, you know, we can't, we can't, uh, you know, work and grow and, and develop, you know, in harmony the whole time. It's not going to happen. I mean, we're two different egos. And um, so one of us might have wanted to go one direction and the other another. Sometimes we've met up over those, over these years. And um, it's, uh, mm -hmm. 
actually, it's been a really great learning experience and I can't even believe how interesting and amazing my life is. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, you know, I have to be reminded or I have to find ways to go back and think about all these great things that I've been able to do and all these amazing experiences, people I've met, um, you know, relationships I've, I've, that have come and gone and some are still around, you know, but uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. And well, um, yeah. I, I was gonna say, I'm glad you, uh, you mentioned about, you were talking a little bit on, about songwriting and how, you know, you and Miles, they're, they're, it seemed like, you know, me following the band over the years, songwriting has always been the center of what fastball is all about for me. And you've mostly split your songwriting duties over the last 20 plus years. You know, there were like these Tony songs, there were these Miles songs, and you could yeah. always tell the difference between the two. You know, yeah. you have such a unique style compared to Miles. Um, in an interview I saw with you, you know, years back, you were talking about how like you almost lived, you know, in two different bands. I'm curious how you guys have been together for 20 plus years. How has that process really evo evolved? You know, was there a bit of competition there? You know, how did, yeah, yeah. How did you guys feed off of each other more than anything? Uh, it took a long time. Yeah. Uh, really, I think we are in that spot where we definitely, um, you know, understand each other more. Um, we're finally in our 50s. We, we've matured, you know, like we've become mm -hmm. grownups. Because we were literally like these sort of lost um, egos and immature, um, irresponsible. Uh, also, like, didn't really think realistically a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, it just wasn't in me. I mean, I, I've learned just only over the last 10 years or so how to come down to earth and, and, and really like, you know, I've learned that you have to put a lot of work into things if you want to, to improve. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to, uh, you know, you, you can't be a, a, a total party animal fuck up. You can't, <laughs> you know, the, that's, all, that's all stuff that is, you know, is the stuff of legend and everything. Yeah. Um, but if you look at most of those legends, those people die uh, or, you know, or they just drop off the face of the yeah, earth. They just and, fizzle uh, out. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun being in a band and God knows I've had some insane fun mm -hmm. times, you know, and a lot of them sadly are lost to my memory, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, at the same time, I probably could have enjoyed them, you know, a lot more if I really took, uh, you know, if I really thought of it, uh, like I'm trying to think of the, if I took it seriously or, mm -hmm. Uh, if I didn't take it for granted. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. It definitely makes sense. You know, when you look at um, the last album, The Help Machine 2019, it was kind of a little bit less of an alt-rock album, but more orchestrated. You, you were playing keys a lot more. Definitely shows an evolution from your music back, you know, 20 plus years ago. Um, yeah, I, I would say that um, our third album, Harsh Light of Day, had a lot of that going on too. A lot of big uh you know lofty ideas of you know orchestration and mm -hmm. a lot of arrangement um you know really going for uh i think we did a, a really good job of exploiting the resources that we had without without really you know turning it into a cartoon 
Um, you don't have to, just because there's a glockenspiel in the room doesn't mean you know you got to use it on every song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, you know, uh, I thought but we you can any time. Sorry, yeah. Well, my I have a uh, a new uh, song which you can find on my uh, on my SoundCloud. <laughs> Tony Scales on SoundCloud, and there's a glockenspiel in there. <laughs> if you could pick it out. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, um, but then we did we did a little couple more stripped down records, and I, I think we've always just tried to do what was appropriate for the song, what we thought was appropriate for the song sonically. And, you know, we have some skills and resources to be able to say, Oh well, I think we're really going to need a string quartet here, you know. Uh -huh. And we're right. I mean, you know, we're not wrong when we when we choose those elements. And if we can make those elements happen, we're we're gonna. And if we can't really afford it or the resources aren't there, we're gonna find out what facsimilates that sound. What is a good way to, you know? And sometimes you get good things going that way, uh -huh. you know, by your limitations. You get more satisfaction out of recording and releasing your own your own work or working together as a band? Uh, I, I've never really had any kind of uh, release myself. I have a solo album that I put out about nine years ago, right? And uh, I mean, it's a good album. I worked really hard on it. Uh, me and the producer, Stephen Bellins, uh, we did a lot of the same things that Fastball you know, does uh, in choosing people to be on it and, you know, arranging it. Uh, but, you know, uh, for me, I had to go right back to doing fastball stuff. So, I mean, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't much different from doing a fastball record other than the fact that Miles wasn't in the room the whole time. And Joey wasn't in the room the whole time. The rest, it was all played. The drums were all played by the producer and uh, the rest of the people on the record were friends and, you know, Austin musicians that I knew. Um, Ian McClagan too, played keyboards on it. He was very famous for, you know, small faces and yeah. faces, Rolling Stones keyboard. Um, uh, yeah. All right. You know, I'd love to do another record, but I feel it's more important to do another fastball record since we have, you know, this sort of um, new new realization about who we are. And, and these last few records that we put out have been complete successes for us as far mm -hmm. as like, um, you know, the culmination of ideas and, and, you know, the songs sound really like we wanted them to. And uh I want to continue doing that. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get in the studio soon. Um, the plan is to actually start doing some shows um, not too long from now. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But um, that, that is the hope all around. Yeah, Live music is missed greatly. We've, we've had some shows booked that we've had to push back. And yeah. we had a whole tour coming up uh, that was supposed to be in June of 2020. And that was with Everclear, and that was like a full-on, it was Everclear, Marcy Playground, and us. And we were fixing to uh, oh, That's all over this it. Podcast. It was going to be a really, really good tour. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's 
we're used to stuff like that, you know, like having it and then, oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you got to think, Not I mean, this, COVID, has been, right? yeah. this has been such an unprecedented time, you know, who knows yeah. what's going to happen. And so, I hope to God live music is back. Man, but, I feel like I feel like it is going to be bad. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, uh, I think the technology, I mean, you know, the science to uh, you know put this thing down is mm -hmm. there, and I always oh, just all have to you know do our thing and wait and be patient. Exactly. But exactly. You know, when people are safe, it's going to go crazy. Does you does know, that patience? You know, does that patience help your songwriting a little bit? You know, you play bass, you play guitar, you play piano. You play the glockenspiel, which I just learned about recently. Um, you know, does has that been helping your songwriting? Has that been kind of fueling you a little bit more? Um, actually, the the um, being sequestered in your home actually has been highly beneficial to yeah. developing my songwriting, to developing my musicianship. I'm actually, you know. I don't know if any guys took piano lessons or anything like where you're a kid and okay, uh, you know, you gotta do these exercises, right? Now they have iPad apps for that. Up the scale. Yeah. Well, I'm doing those things now. I'm actually, mm -hmm. you know, going and sitting down and playing exercises, keeping my hands, you know, good and strong. And then I I actually play, you know, classical music on the piano. Mm -hmm. I also have been studying you know, jazz and figuring out how to comp chords, how to play, you know, music that I've never been very familiar with, but always loved, just didn't really understand it. And now it's it's entering my realm of, of comprehension, which I'm mm -hmm. really stoked about. You know, anytime we talk to an artist, they're always focused on the next thing, the next project. But then there are these casual fans, not people who are doing a music podcast, but the casual fan that likes to go to the beach and see bands play or they go to the amphitheater to see a band play and all they want are the hits. Is mm -hmm. that something that you take as a compliment or is that something that gets in your way? Honestly, it's it's the way I make my living. Um, I have. I have better vibes of like some television performances, some sort of radio live things, and maybe small, there's a, there's a club with it, uh, we used to play in all the time called Strange Brew, which just closed. Um, and it's a place that fits a hundred people if you pack them in. Right. And they got a killer sound system and it's, you know, small amps and everybody's got to shut the hell up and listen. And because if you don't, everybody's going to know and, you know, <laughs> you will be ostracized. But um, those are, you know, that's, that's really great to do. Um, it's also fun to get out there at whatever hockey arena and, or whatever um, community center. And you know that they might not know who you are for 25 minutes, but they're gonna know who you are in 30 minutes. Yep. And you do those songs and then you play a couple more songs people don't know and you play another song somebody knows. And you know you can make that a really great thing and it's super fun. And um, so I don't have a problem with any of it really. 
very fortunate to be able to get booked or to be get asked to open up for bigger bands, but to get booked and to play these places where you have the pot, the potential of eight or 9,000 people seeing you at one time still, um, and you're playing songs you wrote last year, you know, mm -hmm. um, people don't know, they don't care, but there's somebody in there in 9,000 people that does care. Yeah. And, you know, I know they're there. There's the same hundred people, you know, that's maybe in that little room. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's all good. It's all good. Of course, I haven't played a show in a year. So I'm, I'm probably romanticizing it. Yeah. Well, there were times, look, look, I'll tell you what, none of the stuff to get there is fun. Hotels are a drag. Mm -hmm. Planes are a drag. Airports are the worst. You know, ground transportation, walking around town with a guitar on your back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like people go, oh, <laughs> you know, you got this. So, what kind of music do you got? <laughs> and, doesn't... You know, I get so sick of that stuff all my, all this adult life, really. Yeah. And, but then you play and it's, you know, that's what it's for. But uh, there are times, there were times within the last two or three years where I literally was like, hey guys, I, I think I'm gonna quit. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna do this anymore. I can't stand it. And, uh, but things have gotten better since the last record. <laughs> I remember that first couple of weeks was insane. It was oh, like yeah. nobody around and I would I would walk down the street and Coyotes were coming down the street, and I live in a metropolitan, you know, metropolitan area. It was yep. freaky. And it's then like the Walking was Dead. Like, oh well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to play this game, and you know, and then a lot of people got sick and died, you know. So it's been really surreal, man. Yeah, it has, without a doubt. Well, we look forward to seeing you back on the road soon. You know, let's 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 uh, dive into a fun question. So. If you had to be quarantined with the first band that you've ever seen live, who would that be? <laughs> oh no! Who would oh, that be? A bunch of greasers from Southern California, and I don't mean that's not a racial. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> These guys, are, you know, like, hey, hey, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, right. Elvis. Uh, no, this band called uh, Flash Cadillac and the Continental Kids. Okay. <laughs> I love that name. I don't think I'd like to hang out with them for more than a weekend, maybe. Okay. But but they made a human pyramid and oh, and the gig was at the drag strip at the Orange County International Raceway mm -hmm. for the drag races. And they were the band. And it was like they played, you know, Gene Vincent, Eddie Cochran, you know, Little Richard, Jerry yep. Lewis, Elvis Presley, Chuck Berry. And I, I loved that stuff when I was 10. I loved it. My mom graduated from high school in Arizona in 1959. And in her high school uh, uh, was a guy named Dwayne Eddy. And I don't know if you know Dwayne Eddy, but he, uh, <clears throat> he was known as the guy, the man with the twangy guitar, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and he had a couple of hits on the radio, all instrumental, rockabilly. No. Anyway, I love that stuff growing up and it was the first kind of music that I ever really saw live. Um, and rock and roll was a big thing in Southern California, yeah. hot rods and surfing and motocross and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, 
not that fun. Those guys are probably dead. <laughs> I'd like to know if I never heard about them after that, after the 70s either. Even when there was a resurgence of, of you know, roots rock Americana in yeah. LA in the 80s, I would see bands like uh, the Blasters and Los Lobos and, and, and even X and the Plugs and some of the, the punk bands were really uh, Americana rock and roll bands. Um, even Social Distortion, you know, started out, they may have started out a Southern California hardcore band, but they're basically an American roots band steeped in blues and country. And I actually heard, I'm going off track, I know, but- That's okay, keep going, keep going. Incredible version of uh, um, uh, High what's that song uh, by Social Distortion? Well, uh, story of my life, right? Yeah. Oh, story of my life, right? Uh, but a country version, I, I don't know who it was, but it was, it was impeccable. It was like, this is a country song. Really? I got to look that up. Yeah, you should check it out. Country version of uh, Story of My Life. You know, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> Outside of the touring, uh, were you guys planning to go back into the studio last year and over the last year? And, well, and kinda... see, we had just finished a record and we had just, we had just released a record in October. Right. Um, and we were getting ready to tour with in the summer of 2020. Um, and we had played, oh yeah, I was saying that our last show was March 12th. But before that, in 2020 and 2019, we had played a lot of places. Um, we went to Spain in 2019 and we did a great little tour of the whole country, played about nine dates in mm -hmm. Spain. And then uh, played a show in London that killed. It was like, whoa. Uh, I was like, I don't know if you ever saw that movie, uh, Searching for Sugar Man, but you know where the, the guy's like uh, disappears. I just saw this movie and nobody, nobody knows who he is, but in South Africa, he's like a big star and he shows up and he's been for 30 years cleaning up construction sites, right? And living in this old house in Detroit but he shows up with his adult daughters to South Africa and plays for 2000 people a night, sells it out. And he's like, they can't even, his daughters are grown up and they can't even believe he comes out and plays. But that's how it was for us to play in London for the first time in 20 years. And we we're just like, all right, you know, this is <laughs> fantastic. So things were looking up, right? And then we played a bunch of shows on the East Coast. Uh, we played uh, Philly, um, uh, uh, you know, the wine place, uh, City Winery. City Winery. City Winery, City Winery. We did a city winery in Boston. Mm -hmm. We did a City Winery in DC. We played a couple of clubs in, um, well, we played uh, Poughkeepsie. We played, uh, uh, I think, Scranton or something like that. And, okay. and then, uh, you know, we did a casino in February in Louisiana with Gin Blossoms and came home. But we were on a roll and we were like, really had a good energy going and yep, oh well, gotta stop. Well, we're postponing till April. We're postponing till June. We're postponing till October. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, nothing's happening, 2020. <laughs> oh, we're, you know, and now we're April, 2021. We're supposed to play some shows. We got a couple booked. I don't know, I hope they happen. I, you know, 
What can I say? I don't know if it's going to happen. We hope they happen as well, by far. I can't promise anything. Well, yeah. Tony, I got to say, thank you so much for coming on with us. Is this, let me just ask you one last question. Is this the first interview that you've done where the hosts haven't talked about the way? Yeah. It is. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Did I ruin that? Yeah, I feel like I just ruined that part. No, it's good. Um, there's enough information. Oh, uh, by far. Yeah. We all, I know. I know. Yeah. It, 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 um, listen, it's a classic it's cool song. It's, yeah. it's something we all grew up with. I always do. I tell uh, Seth and Jeff all the time, I do this Alexa test before we have somebody on. And I ask Alexa, you know, shuffle songs by fastball. And normally they go very deep and they'll play something random. But no, they actually played the way. Right. But uh, I, I will, mean, we have talked about it now, so you're disqualified. I know, I know. I'm sorry about that, guys. I, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> add that there's just been a great French language version of uh, really, yeah, Le Way. <laughs> really, I gotta look that up. That's Le amazing. Uh, by a great group, actually, a French group, French language group from Austin, Texas, called Eight and a Half Souvenirs. They've been around for a long time, and they're great friends. And their record is produced by Charlie Sexton and it's coming out in a couple of months and it's got this great version of uh, The Way in French that uh, I worked with Olivier and Kathy from Eight and a Half Souvenirs to, on the translation and Olivier did a really great translation and he, he, he's very true to the vibe of the original song, the English language song. And he's turned it into this great thing that I think French speakers are going to love. Yeah. I really think it's going to, and you know, it's hard to cross those language borders with, uh, with a song that has, you know, some nuance to it. And uh, I think, you know, I'm just fortunate to have these opportunities. Without a doubt. Oh, that sounds great. I look forward to hearing that. Especially um, Austin legend, Charlie Sexton produced yeah. it, you said, right? He was wow. on our Amazing. last album. He was on the Help Machine. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. Thank you so much for, for doing this. This is thank great. You, this is a real treat. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Tony, Tony we thank really you. appreciate the time. Thank you. Y'all too. Our thanks once again to Tony Scalzo. Got to be the only interview he's ever had where the way was not the main topic. You know, I think this podcast is exactly that. That may be the big song people know about it, but I want to know what they're up to now. Sure. There's so many artists who are putting out music out there that just not getting that kind of exposure. And, and that's, what I, that's what I care about. I love what he said um, when we were talking about live music and performing. He said um, something like, I quote, they may not know who we are now, but 30 minutes, they'll know who we are. <laughs> Very badass. Very badass. All right, that'll do it for The Hallowed Ground. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review when you find us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>